This is Hope and Health with Doctors Michelle and Mark Sherwood. Insights and interviews with a dose of straight talk to help you enjoy optimal health in all areas of life. These are things that we can't forget. They're the foundational components of a healthy lifestyle. And here they are one more time, just so you can really understand them, the seven pillars. Nutrition, sleep, stress management, movement, genetics, deoxyribonucleic acid, hormones, which we're going to talk about tonight, and peptides. And remember the top four there. Nutrition, sleep, stress management, movement, we do have control over. So those are in our wheelhouse to control. If we don't control those four, life will control us. So in other words, if you're not managing life, life will manage you. So we're going to spend this segment of our teaching on this thing called hormones. We're going to really identify a couple of them and really go into them a little bit of specifics tonight. But here's just again a reminder of what the definition of hormones is in a way you understand it. Hormones are special chemical messengers that are created in endocrine glands. The glands like the thyroid, adrenals, testes, the ovaries, and the pancreas. Hormones can exert their special characteristic effect to responsive cells all over your body. In other words, hormones deliver a message to generate a designed response. They are like emails. If the emails are sent out and the body's receptor system is impaired or damaged from Perhaps a standard American diet, like we've talked about it being inflammatory. These emails cannot be answered or read appropriately. In other words, the body becomes deaf to the voice of its own signaling mechanisms. This, in terms, lends the hormone imbalance and onset of symptoms occur. The brain and the endocrine organs are very tightly linked through what's called the hypothalamic, pituitary, adrenal, thyroid, gonadal axis. That is a lot of big words, my queen. <laughs> uh, endocrine glands. I always used to te- tease her a lot when she said those big words like, uh, well, for example, say uh, that like the DHA in omega-3s. Dicosahexaenoic acid. Yeah, that's just like so sexy. That's just <laughs> awesome. <laughs> right? I love it when she talks like that to me, dirty, you know, like that. <laughs> no, <laughs> have a little fun tonight okay. with you guys. Uh, the bottom line is these hormones have to be in the place. Um, I had a person recently ask me, well, when you lose hormones as an older person, should you get them replaced? And I responded with the question, when you lose email communication in your business, should you get it fixed? Well, the answer is yes. Um, when should you stop? Uh, taking hormones? Never. When should you stop being able to send emails with your corporation? Never. So we're going to talk about some specific hormones as we go forward tonight. So here are the top hormones. We're going to talk about estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, thyroid, cortisol, insulin, leptin, and DHEA. Well, what are each of these? Of course, when it comes to balance, these eight are the ones that we want to pay exact attention to. And so, you know, tonight we're going to talk about insulin, cortisol, leptin, and thyroid, and spend a little bit of time on those uh, individually, because a lot of people don't know. They know that maybe heard the name, and maybe not leptin, but we'll talk about what that is. But it's really important to understand that they do matter, and they do have this interconnection. So it's not just like one 
that you send in an email and doesn't have an effect on others. It's they're always talking to each other, and that's really really important. So when you think about these, uh, you got to think about the interrelationship. So again, brand new information tonight we're giving you, but understanding each of these hormones is important. So we're going to talk about four once again. We're going to talk about uh, insulin, uh, cortisol, uh, leptin, and thyroid tonight. So we'll begin with this idea of of insulin and be able to tell you a little bit about what that is. A lot of people don't really know what it is. So here we go. So when we eat, insulin is secreted by the pancreas to control blood sugar. Too much blood sugar is toxic. When sugar is eaten, insulin is secreted. Insulin rapidly reduces blood sugar. This is why you have a tendency to feel hypoglycemic about 45 minutes after you have a high sugar meal. Insulin is a long-acting hormone and continues to pull sugar down. It can make you feel like you're going to hit the ground. If it sends you back to the refrigerator, it's sending you back because you're thinking you're needing to eat more food when you just ate. So insulin helps the body produce energy by storing glucose as glycogen in the liver and the muscles. Of course, there's the positive and the negative side of insulin. The positive side is it keeps us alive by managing blood sugar. The negative side is that it's a fat-storing hormone. So if we're over-secreting too much insulin in response to our carbohydrate load every day, it's going to lead to metabolic syndrome, obesity, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and eventually cancer. So insulin is often the first offender when it comes to weight gain. Insulin can be tested as a simple blood test, and it needs to be a, a fasting blood test that's about eight hours. If insulin is not controlled, weight's going to be an issue, disease processes will develop, inflammation will increase, and your sex hormones will never be balanced. Sounds like a pretty important hormone to me. This is, I think this is one, Dr. Michelle, that really has the, um, it's key because when we have high insulin, you're going to have high inflammation. When you have high consistent insulin, you're going to have fat gain. And you may say, well, I'm skinny, but you're going to have belly fat gain. You're not going to remain skinny, skinny, unless you're some uh, real genetic mutant, which is unusual if you have high insulin. And by the way, you can become uh, type 2 diabetic when you're very, very skinny, by the way. So this hormone insulin is super important to really understand. This is driven by the, mainly by food. If you control your food intake, you'll not have to worry about out-of-control insulin, will you? That, that's right. So if, if you control it, you aren't going to overgrow your system huh. overgrow. and you're not going to have to over exercise it off, fast it off, starve it off or other things. It's really about managing portions, what's on your plate and how much is on your plate. It's a big deal. So insulin is critically important. Remember, driven by mostly too many carbohydrates, too much processed foods, too much sugars. High insulin is really the problem, and low insulin is not really a problem. We don't have that very much, but the bottom line is high, created by us most of the time. Well, the next hormone we talk about is this hormone called cortisol. Cortisol is a steroid hormone that's made in the adrenal glands, and it's very important in helping the body respond to stress. There are positives and negatives of cortisol as well. The positive is, is that it's quick energy, it helps increase immunity, and it lowers the sensitivity to pain. However, when cortisol is around all the time, if we're stressed out all the time, it can lead to rapid weight gain in the face and abdomen, high blood pressure, muscle weakness, decreased bone density, and even impaired cognition. 
Cortisol can also cause blood sugar to increase in small spurts or a fairly constant in the face of chronic stress called the fight, flight, or freeze response. This, like insulin, must be handled in priority. Stress can can and will kill you if it's not handled. This drives the hormone pathways, and if not managed appropriately with nutrition, it makes it hard to try to balance hormones with hormones only. It's literally impossible. It really is, and the bottom line is cortisol being a stress hormone. Let us understand that the backbone or the... um upstream construction of cortisol is this thing called cholesterol. So it just makes sense that when the body's under stress constantly, you're going to have a constant bombardment or manufacturing need of cholesterol. At the same time, when you're gaining weight and you have excess belly fat or visceral fat, that also creates stress to the system and drives cortisol. So we can see that high insulin creates high inflammation creates high fat gain, creates high stress, creates high cortisol. When we don't eat well, we don't sleep well. And when we don't sleep well, we have high cortisol. We don't manage life well, we have high cortisol. And high cortisol, on the other hand, going backwards, can create high blood sugar, which creates high insulin. So these things act back and forth between each other. So this intercommunication between cortisol and insulin, on one hand, is very beneficial, But when it's out of control, it becomes very detrimental or negative. So please keep that in mind as we go forward. Insulin is tied to cortisol. Cortisol is tied to insulin. Hi, friends. Dr. Mark Sherwood here. And I'm Dr. Michelle Sherwood. Not everyone can make an appointment with us, but you can receive many of the same educational benefits our patients receive through our most comprehensive course, Health Secrets exposed. Modern healthcare, or should we say sick care, is more focused on profit than your health. And in this course, you'll discover what sick care has been keeping from you all along. Here's a hint. You don't need more medication. You need the simple truths in this course to unlock optimal health. Health Secrets Exposed is usually $149. Now it's just $99 with your promo code. It's time for you to learn what Big Pharma doesn't want you to know. Go to Sherwood.tv now and use promo code HOPEHEALTH to receive this exclusive offer. But we continue as we talk about these communicative hormones. What about this one that you may or may not have heard of? This thing called leptin, which is known as the satiety hormone. Leptin, yes, the satiety hormone is made in the fat cells and helps the body maintain weight. The positive is in the negatives. In a positive term, it helps regulate energy and signals the brain to let you know when you are full and when you need to stop eating. The negative is that overeating leads to increased fat deposition and high levels of leptin production, just like insulin resistance. You end up with leptin resistance and your brain no longer hears the signal that you're full. So more body fat equals more leptin. And now you have a receptor problem and a leptin imbalance. Your brain is deaf to the voice of leptin. As one gains more weight, increasing leptin resistance leads to insulin resistance, thyroid dysfunction, and decreased metabolism. Now now that this hormone is blunted, called leptin resistance, more of the end results begin to be joint pain, hunger issues, and even more metabolic issues. And one of the major metabolic disruptions is this next hormone in the conversation, 
the thyroid. Now, before we get off leptin, I mean, not a lot of people don't really hear about that one very much, but we should because the majority of people, Americans, are overweight. Like right now, 40% are obese, and I think it's somewhere around 60% are obese or overweight. It's predicted by 2030 that 100% of the population may be overweight or obese, and that means there's a lot of leptin floating around. Remember, the fat tissue that we create creates more, more and more and more, and if we grow fat too fast, we get this overwhelming leptin load, which can create this leptin resistance. And it becomes a, a powerful thing because the body's supposed to, when you gain the extra fat, say, hey, we've got extra fuel, so let's use it. So leptin's an important signal. I don't want you to think leptin's bad. But when leptin becomes resistant and it keeps getting produced in mass, it can accumulate in the joints and cause a lot of pain. So that's one thing that we have when we get uh, the, the joint pain stacked onto and associated with extra fat gain around the belly. So it's not just a coincidence. You're hurting. You're hurting because of this signaling pathway. This this hormone is not functioning properly, and that's a big deal. As Dr. Michelle said, it does have a powerful, powerful effect on the thyroid. The thyroid is known as the metabolism hormone. Thyroid hormones, thyroxin T4 and triiodothyronine, T3 are made in the thyroid gland and controlled by the pituitary through a hormone that's secreted called TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone. Every cell in the body depends upon thyroid hormones for metabolism. Thyroid hormones regulate body temperature, breathing, heart rate, the nervous system, body composition, even menstrual cycles can be imbalanced if thyroid is not balanced, cholesterol levels, and much, much more. Too much or too little, too much can cause anxiety, moodiness, nervousness, sweating, sensitivity to heat, hair loss, and even weight loss, excessive weight loss. Hypothyroidism, too little, leads to insomnia, fatigue. It can be lack of focus, depression, sensitivity to cold, joint and muscle pain, weight gain, and more. Which one is more common today, hypothyroidism or hyperthyroidism? Hypothyroidism. It's interesting. Hypo means low function. So when we talk about low function, we're talking about lowering the metabolism. And if we lower the metabolism, that equals more weight gain. So because are you seeing the relationship mm -hmm. here? We have yeah. we have insulin. Too much related to weight gain, too much of that related to high cortisol, high cortisol related to too much insulin. We see leptin related to high uh, fat gain, too much fat gain related to too little thyroid function. So when you think about the thyroid and you go to the doctor and they do a blood test and they say, well, here's your thyroid meds, that's not that it's inappropriate when it's hypo, it's that it may be a little short-sighted because we want to know why it's hypo. Why it's hypo? Now, there's some familial issues, probably some genetic issues along the way, but for the most part, this mass of hypothyroidism is driven by this rapid fat gain process where the body just can't keep up. So, again, hypo is more common than hyper, and we deal with hypo probably, what, 90% of the time, at least? It's very often. Yeah. Something like that. It's important that in every um, episode or two, we're always going to take some time to talk about what the Bible says about health. And it's a big deal because health and the Bible go hand in hand. Tonight, we're going to take a little bit different angle. We're going to talk about the idea of integrity and how that being in or walking in integrity, 
affects your health in one way, but what if you don't walk in integrity? Integrity, how does that affect your health? Well, it's a completely another way. So we're going to read three scriptures tonight, and we've got those for you right now. They're all um, you know, found in Proverbs, so I think keeping in mind Proverbs is the book of wisdom. And so when you wonder about wisdom and you want more wisdom, ask God for it, and also go to His Word in Proverbs and read, and you will gain more wisdom. Within the wisdom book, there's several passages on integrity. So what happens with integrity? What is it? Integrity is basically doing the things that we do and not being ashamed of them at the end of the day. Or another way said, maybe not being ashamed of anything we do, whether someone's watching or not. So the first scripture is found in Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 9. Here it is. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely. But he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. If we walk with good integrity, we will have secure steps. It doesn't mean they won't be challenging steps. It doesn't mean that they won't be hard sometimes, but they will be secure. But if you walk in ways that are non-integrous, in other words, if you're cheating people, lying to people, playing games with people's hearts, your ways will be made crooked and found out. So that means you're going to have more difficulty. So this tells you that walking in integrity, though life is difficult, provides more stability compared to not walking in integrity and not having stability or walking uncertainly. I want my feet to be solid. And that means when my actions are at the end of the day, I need to go, hmm, yeah, I did a pretty good job. You know, I hope so. I did a good job and I served God. I was a bright light to a darkened world. That's the kind of thing we need to live. That's the kind of life we need to have. So that's uh, one uh, scripture. The other scripture I want to talk about with integrity is this one. It's also found in Proverbs chapter 11, and it's in verse number 3. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the crooked of the treacherous destroys them. When the integrity, it, it, it you, you walk securely when you're walking in integrity, but it also gives you the, the light or the guidance for your next step, right? So you, you choose to walk in integrity, it's secure, but it's also going to give you next steps. So here we see the integrity of the upright guides them. On the other hand, if you walk in crookedness or uh, deceit, um, you won't you won't you won't have security of steps, but you'll also have destruction following you. In other words, maybe a way to look at it is if you walk in integrity, even though you're walking on the edge of a cliff you're not going to fall. But if you're not walking in integrity and you're walking on the edge of a cliff, you may take a step or two and think you're fooling somebody, but you're eventually going to fall. And that's that's a big deal, what I just said. So hopefully that made sense. And we're going to progress one step further in the book of Proverbs and go a little bit deeper into Proverbs chapter 28, verse 6. And here we find this word about integrity. Better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than a rich man who is crooked in his ways. So we see this idea right now that sort of brings in the idea of money, the love of money being the root of all evil. And I will tell you, friends, that money, power, fame, the love of that, where it drives you, is an intentional draw. Both myself and Dr. Michelle have been there. But we have to push away from that because that's a trap. Because if you're a rich man that loves money more than people... That means you're walking in crooked ways. Your ways will not be secure, and you will fall, and it will destroy you. Now, I'm working them in reverse here for you. So 
What does the Bible say? It says here in the first sentence, you see that better is a poor man who walks in integrity than this person who loves money more than people and loves money more than process and loves money more than God does, and his ways are crooked. So, you know, it's not that poverty or, or not or having money is a bad thing. Having money is okay. God appreciates that. He'll bless you with more as you need it. You won't be without it. But at the same time, if you love the money more than God, it is better to be poor and take that temptation away. So it's good to have money. It's great to have God, but don't love money more than God. Money's a tool. That's all it is. Integrity is something we us walk in to make our steps secure and make sure that we don't fall. And integrity on, uh, additionally will help us propel to the next step. So that is what the Bible says about health tonight. Pretty cool, huh? Pretty cool. We really hope you've had a good time. This is a lot of stuff. We can't wait to see you back uh, here. Same time, same time next same week. Same time, same station. Hope and health. We'll be back next week. You guys have a good, good night, and we love and appreciate you. Bye for now. Doctors Mark and Michelle Sherwood and their clinic can help you find the hope and health you were created to enjoy. Go to Sherwood.tv for clear, proven ways you can be healthier. Subscribe at Sherwood.tv.